converted to Catholicism. Once my eyes were opened to the truth, I couldn't learn enough about the faith. But I had less free time than ever, especially with a long commute. That's when I discovered the real value of Catholic audio. Listening to cassette tapes transformed my daily commute into a miniature retreat. And that's the beauty of Virgin Most Powerful Radio today. Since the podcasts are archived, you can listen anytime on our smartphone app. I know how listening to Catholic audio can bring you closer to Christ and His Church. So I encourage you to visit the App Store or go to vmpr.org and download the app today. It just might change your life. I'm Matthew Arnold for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity. What a day it is. <laughs> Today is the feast day of the most sacred heart of Jesus. And it's also the month dedicated to the sacred heart of Jesus. It's not a coincidence nope. that the one of the worst Supreme Court decisions that was rendered in 1973 out of pure sheer politics was dismissed today, was revoked, was Thank abolished, you, was nullified, sent back to the states. Roe versus Wade is now in the ash heap of history as as one of the missteps of the Supreme Court. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Deo gracias, Terry. Take Amen, Jesse. And I want to thank God for that, obviously. And I want to encourage everybody to go to a Thanksgiving Mass, visit to the Blessed Sacrament, prayers of Thanksgiving. And like you said, Jess, this is the Sacred Heart Feast Day, and this decision coming out is so beautiful. But I also, you know, I want to just... Uh, I mean, I just have to thank President Trump because he was the most pro-life president in my lifetime, and he picked the justices to be on that court to make this happen. So whether you like his personality or the way he parts his hair, you know what? I don't really care because what was most important were his policies, and his policies brought this decision along with our prayers. That's my take on that, Jess. He promised that he would put strict uh, conservative right. uh, constructionists in the Supreme Court. Yep. He did. Yep. And he did that with the intended goal of striking down Roe versus Wade. Guess what, Terry? Mission accomplished. You can think whatever you think about him and call him the orange man. But in my opinion, yeah. in Jesse Romero's book, he will go down as one of the greatest presidents the United States has ever had. Yep specifically because of this issue. I wonder what God and the angels and the babies in heaven think about him right now. Oh, you bet, Jess. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this whole issue and much, much more in today's show. But before we do that, with this feast day, Jess, we have some special readings from the gospel. We'd love to have you share that. So I'll call it our soul food, brother. Absolutely. Uh, all All the readings are rich today and they're very appropriate for what just happened over in Washington, D.C., uh, I'm going to take uh, the gospel today, John, uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 3 to 7. Okay. Je- Jesus addresses parable to the Pharisees and scribes. By the way, if you want to know why Jesus uses parables, Dr. Scott Hahn says that when a prophet runs across corruption in the establishment, that's when he starts speaking in parables. Yep. So our Lord says, what man among you having a hundred hundred sheep and losing one of them would not leave the 99 in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it. And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents then over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'll make two connections 
with the with the today's gospel and the reading of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Today's feast day, the solemnity of the of the most sacred heart of Jesus. What it tells us is that God. There's no more distance between us. Like the Muslims and Jews believe that Allah and Yahweh are distant. Yeah, God is distant. Well, today's feast day tells us what, because God, a divine person, took on a human nature. God now has, he's he's uh, there's no more distance between us because now he loves us with a perfect human heart. So, consequently, all of us have our own wounded human hearts because of sin, and the only way for us to find consolation and 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 grace and perfection is by uniting our hearts to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and. Uh, and in, in today's gospel, it goes to show you the extent of God's love from his sacred heart. Amen. He's willing to leave 99 saints in heaven and go after that one sinner to bring him back into the fold. Something else on an apologetics uh, note for, for those of you apologists out there. Sometimes you'll find Protestants will say, well, the saints in heaven, they don't know what you're thinking. They don't know what's happening here on earth. Not so. Look at what Jesus said in the last verse. I tell you, in just the same way, there will, be, there will be more joy in heaven. Okay, so who's in heaven? Saints and angels. So Jesus says, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. So who's in heaven? Theologically, saints and angels. So the Bible tells us that the saints and angels, they know when somebody here on planet earth repents and they're full of joy. So in some way, shape or form, by God's divine permission, he allows the saints to know what's happening here on planet earth. Well said. Jesse, I just got this on my text here. Channel 7 reporting President, former President Trump attributes him. No, he attributes God to overturning Roe versus Wade. I love that, Jesse, and I'll tell you why. Any good we do comes from God and we thank him. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled by that comment by the former president, Jess. He didn't say, I didn't pound this chest like Tarzan, huh? Yeah, no, he didn't do that. He said God did it. Now, he used people like himself. But I, you know what wow. that tells me, Jess? That speaks volumes about where this man's coming from, bro. It, it speaks volumes of his character, Terry. Absolutely. I mean, most people would be taking credit and taking it, a victory lap and, you know, <laughs> grandstanding. Look at me. I'm the yeah. one that pointed Coney Barrett and Randall yeah. Cabin on. If it wasn't for me, blah, blah, blah. No, none of that stuff. Yeah. God did it. Wow. Jesse, just a couple more minutes on this because yeah. it's such an important topic. I know many people have been praying for 49 and a half years uh, when this decision went through to have an end to abortion. We had all our bumper stikers that said pray to end abortion. We had people praying at clinics, offering suffering, sacrifices. So I just got to say, wow. And I even think of the time back about 35 years ago when I was along with but Dr. Bernard Nathanson, who had the largest abortion clinic in the Western world, and he converted, right? He was the author of The Silent Scream on YouTube. Well, I got a chance, opportunity. To, he joined us in a protest at an abortion clinic in Cypress, California, back in 1988, and we were arrested together. I locked arms with him. We, we said, no, we're not going to allow this killing to continue. We're going to put our bodies in front of uh, whoever and close this clinic down and 50,000 people from Operation Rescue did that we clogged the courts and I think that uh, you know enough people who are concerned if abortion is really killing the unborn baby we should be uh, out there stopping it and just this decision is going to ban abortions in 20 states in America and I hope more and more states will do that but think of the effect of this the thousands of babies already, tens of thousands just in Texas before this decision with the heartbeat bill. There's going to be so many babies that are going to grow up now and become productive citizens in our country. I'm going to make a prediction, and I'll, leave it, I'll run it back to you, that somebody 25, 30 years from now, one of those babies that was going to be aborted and murdered will end up coming up with some development of some uh, medical development that's going to save all kinds of lives. And people are going to look back and go, 
wow, he wouldn't have even been born or she wouldn't have been born if it weren't for those Supreme Court decision back way back in 2022. That's my prediction. I'll be dead by that time, Jess. But the point well, of it well, is... Who knows? We could have the next Pope Pius X or Pope Leo XIII. Exactly. We don't know. And this is the point I'm making. On the economic side, Jess, hey, the toy stores are going to be booming in a couple years. Why? More babies are going to be born. Cars, supermarkets. How do you have an economy houses? without customers? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, everything, Terry. There's going to be more people. It's going to help everybody. Everybody, as they say, is lifted up when the, when, when the water rises. Yep. Everybody, all the boats are lifted up. And this is what's going to happen when there's more human life. Everybody's going to benefit because, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of flying and I can tell you this. Planet Earth is is pretty empty. There's only, you know, when you look at it from, from you know, from an airplane, uh the vast majority of planet Earth is desolate, so this whole thing about overpopulation is simply pure political propaganda. Yeah, we're just the opposite because you're going to see economies. Look at China, look at Japan. They have a, a demographic of, of uh, lack of children. So this is great news. We need to thank God for it. I'm just thankful that I actually could see this day, Jesse, because all of us have been praying. I never thought this. I'd see this day, Terry. Really? Well, yeah. I'm all optimistic, I guess, but yeah. Jess is more realistic. He's he's a cop. He's he's seen yeah. the bad I just things. don't. I just. But again, once it goes to show you what a good president can do. Yeah, I, but, President Trump on a human level. Yeah, uh, he gets a lot of credit on my in my book. Oh, me too, Jess. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and and you know what? That's why I think that uh, you know all of the justices voted along their Democratic Party line that said no, said yes to killing unborn babies, and the ones that said no were Republicans. A voting right six on there. Six to three. Yeah. It was so, six to three. So there you go. It's just a simple thing. That's why I would encourage you, if you are a Catholic and you're part, voting in the Democratic Party, I'm going to encourage you to say, knock it off, because that's the party of death, and yeah. we are the religion of life, and your religion should supersede your politics. Correct. That's the party of death. That's the party of slavery. That's the party of same-sex marriage. That's yep. the party... That's the party of euthanasia. That's the party of marijuana. Uh, that's the party of transgenderism. Terry, really, oh, when wow. you look at it, uh, that it's it's an evil party, and it's it's basically uh, communist. It's the communist party here in America using the title Democrat. That's what they are. When we come back, I want Lila Rose uh, has a note for us regarding get ourselves prepared for this weekend. We whether it's churches or pro life uh, centers, we need to protect our centers from crazy people who or will do violence because of this decision. We need to pray for their conversion, too, because those are people who have souls, and they need to be saved also. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We've got much more to help you get to heaven. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Psalm 23, that's today's psalm at Holy Mass. That psalm will bring, uh, it'll bring comfort, it'll bring, uh, it'll bring tranquility Amen. to your soul. Terry. Jesse, I just wanted to mention, we know that the Department of Homeland Security is communicating with Catholic churches, pregnancy centers, and telling them to be prepared for the night of rage uh, by these pro-abortion groups. And I have to say this. I heard President Biden just just today say that do not do the violence. So I appreciate that. But I want him to also make sure that we inflict a penalty for people doing any violence. That we don't just let them destroy buildings. So I hope the talk is you know cheap. It exceeds the demand. Let's make sure that if they do violence here that they pay a, a price for that. So that was the only comment I'll, I wanted I'll to I'll tell make. you why I think it's all talk. Uh, because tell me, Jess. for two years, yes, the last two years of Donald Trump, uh, the left called it the summer of rage. They had, I think it was 274 attacks and riots and burnings in different locations around the U.S. Yeah. Terry, virtually nobody's been prosecuted. Yeah. See, that's and the point, Jess. That the point is, and, and it happened mostly in blue states. Yeah. Under Democrat governor, governors and, uh, and, and district attorneys, nobody was prosecuted. I, I'm going to say something. It's painful 
but it's painfully obvious. Yeah. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and now we have uh, we have uh, Ruth sent us another group. Yeah. And Jane's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Okay, to our male, to our female. These are young, are all young college leftists who are malformed in in their in, in in their understanding of their meaning and purpose of life, and what they are, Terry. It's very quiet. They don't say anything. They are the foot soldiers for the Democrat Party. Yes, this is That's the sad. way they operate. It's a, it's a, for example, this is what Hitler did. Hitler went got to power by getting all the anarchist young German college kids in his day and age, and they were called the brown shirts. They would go and intimidate, just like they're doing at Kavanaugh's house and at Amy Comey Bear's house, stand in front, shout, threaten you. uh, You know, uh, they'd go storm meetings, beat people up, their opposition. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, um, Ruth Santos, and Jane's Revenge are the foot soldiers for the Democrat Party. They're paid by billionaires. They will be activated. So I'm telling everybody, watch your back. Yeah. Watch your six. Be careful. Yeah. Travel in pairs. Yes. Smart. And uh, and make sure your, your your primary duty is the protection of your family. Amen. Jesse, just a quick note. One of our listeners just texted me. They were listening to Glenn Beck and Buck Sexton, and they both acknowledged that the Catholic Church and Catholics and other pro-life groups for their faithful protection of the unborn throughout these 49 and a half years that we never gave up. So our Protestant brothers are acknowledging that, you know, I'm not going to say every Catholic church, but you know what, Jess? It's true. We led the charge on this in the sense that serious-minded Catholics had been willing to lay down their lives for this, and many of them did. And so I just wanted to say thanks to Glenn Beck and to Buck Sexton for acknowledging the role the Catholic Church had in this. I want to I want to just put out a message from Father Frank Pavone. He oh, just yeah. sent it out He's right great. now. Yeah, I got it. For immediate release. Yep. It's entitled "Gratitude, Elation, yep. and Resolve at Priests for Life." Yep. By Father Frank Pavone, the National Director mm-hmm. of Priests for Life, released today. He says this: "This is a day I've worked towards for forty-seven mm-hmm. years." <laughs> And I'm so grateful, said Father Pavone, grateful to President Trump for appointing justices who respect both the U.S. Constitution and the sanctity of human life. Grateful for the work of the pro-life movement for never losing sight of the goal. Amen. And grateful to God for allowing this day. We still have work to do, but this decision will save countless lives. Now you have the executive director, Janet Marana. She says... I'm so happy for my good friend, Norma McCorvey. May she rest in peace. We promised her on the day she died that we would never stop fighting to end Roe. The tragic decision decision made in her name. I'm also happy to think about all the women whose lives will not be ruined by making the terrible choice for abortion. And I'm happy for the babies who will be spared a brutal death. Thank you to the Supreme Court for protecting infant life. This is all from Priest for Life. Yeah, and I thank them. And you know what, Jesse? I think the reason that you and I speak out so boldly for the pro-life, and whether it's the Democratic Party or Republican Party, it makes no difference to us. It's the policy that we're supporting. You know what, folks? And if the policy says save lives, we're there, okay? And so this is why sometimes people will say, Jesse, knock it off. Your politics are too much. It ain't my politics. It's my morality that I want to implement. The Terry, and here, here's where a lot of Catholics, they don't realize that they're, they're Masons. I'll yeah, tell you why. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Catholics are, liberal Catholics are Masons, and some of them may be listening to the show, and they may not like what I'm saying, but I'm going to give you a little history lesson. This whole separation of church and state is not Catholic. In fact, Pope Leo XIII and other popes have specifically condemned that notion. Specifically, you cannot separate church and state because the church informs the state when it comes to moral decisions. Now, who's the one that introduced the separation of church and state? That's a Masonic idea. Those are the Masons in high places in this country. Many of the founding fathers were Protestants and Masons. They're the ones that inserted the separation of church and state, though it's not written in any of the official documents, the Declaration, the Constitution. 
It's something that they just slipped in in practice because most of the founding fathers were Masons, and that's a Masonic principle. Yeah, not many people know that. Just another side note, Jess. All six justices that voted for the end of Roe versus Wade, are you ready? They're all Catholic. See, we finally got our Catholic moment. I mean, I see presidents that are Catholic. Uh, you know, oh, they disappoint me. I've seen, you know, um, Pelosi, disappointment, all this. Finally, six justices, all baptized Catholic. Except one. Which one? one? Episcopalian. Ah, oh, Episcopalian. Okay. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, Cor- uh, Gorsuch. Okay. He's a yeah, Anglican, Gorsuch. Anglican. High, high Church Anglican. That's true. Good point. On the other side, you have a fake Catholic, yeah. uh, the, the Hispanic justice. Yeah. You have a, a, a Breyer and uh, the other Kagan. Kagan's Jewish, yeah. and I forget what Breyer is. I think he's a Protestant. Yeah. So, but so we have we have five baptized Catholics and one Protestant, one Protestant, who towed the line Praise for God. based on natural law and based natural on divine law. law. Yep. And and God's going to bless them for it because yeah, they're taking some hits. They're you got some leftists in front of their houses that are threatening them right now, yep. right now. Uh, and so th- they're paying a price for it. But guess what, Terry? Uh, we all know that at the at the end, crown, crown, all, baby. yeah. What are we shooting for? Are we shooting for a little Burger King crown? No, <laughs> we're shooting for the crown of glory promised by Jesus Christ. Hey, man, the Sacred Heart baby reigns. I love yes. it. All right, Jess, let's move on if we can. I just want to mention, Terry, this one article we have here is called the American Catholic Church yeah, of Defense. It. Yep. It's good to read on your own. It's 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 by Father Wynandy. Mm-hmm. He's a he's an he's an incredible theologian. He used to work for the USCCB. In essence, what he says in this article, I'll sum it up in, in three minutes, two minutes. Yeah, sure. What he's saying in this article, and again, he got booted out of the USCCB. Uh, I, I for, yeah, I he's too orthodox. I know. I yeah, he, he had, that's, that was basically it. That was, in this article that he's writing, he's saying that Pope Francis is specifically passing up bishops true. that have an orthodox traditional bent to them. That's right. Like... Archbishop Gomez, like Archbishop Corleone, people like, again, Chapu, even in times past. This Pope specifically is not elevating to the College of Cardinals anybody who even has a uh, has a little, you know, a little uh, inkling of orthodoxy. He doesn't want them to be part of the College of Cardinals. He's specifically bypassing Good archbishops, well-formed, faithful to the church, that are conservative and traditional, and he's he's handpicking liberation theology, Just leftists... Look, look at your Phoenix diocese. ...who have a homosexual proclivity. Right, there's an example, Jess. You live in Phoenix. Guess who's replacing Orthodox Bishop Olmstead? A man uh, that's pro, from a, San Diego. A, a, a pro-LGBT right, yeah. bishop. Yeah. And, 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 and to be honest with you, Terry, this is, you know, this is what this is. I'll, I'll sum up... The, yeah. I know Father Wynandy won't say this. This is Pope Francis basically saying to the the good bishops here in the U.S., Gomez, uh, Corleone and others, saying, take that. Well, he's made it clear, let's just be honest, in books and on authorship that he doesn't like the conservative bishops in America, and he named those by name. And so that's unfortunate. He is our vigor of Christ. We pray for him, but... And let's just be honest, Jesse, the decisions that are being made are really, really bad for not just the salvation of souls, which is our number one item. But when you've got a, a bishop who's coming in, he, a cardinal who doesn't want to talk about abortion like McCarrick, uh, he's, and he's friends with McCarrick, uh, McElroy, these guys are bad news. And it's undermining the church's teaching. We call it the perennial teaching. So let's be honest. It's just bad. But we have to move on. We have to pray for their conversions. That's my take. I just say, okay, I'm not in management. I'm in sales. I'll tell you what, Terry. The words of Fulton Sheen ring louder and louder in my ear when he says, when he said back in the 70s, who will save the church? Oh, yeah. Not the bishops. Nope. Not the priests. Not the religious, it's you lay people. Right. Those words, Terry, ring louder and louder in my ear yeah. as, as time passes. Yeah, and Jess, I want to remind everybody, later in the show, Jesse picked up this article called Practical Remedies for Sadness. 
Outstanding Jesuit. Outstanding. We're going to cover that after this next show, next topic. Because we need it. We need it. it. Because we, that, to me, is the focus right now. He's got a wonderful story. I'm going to have a teaser of a little boy in the hospital. What a great story of how it gave him focus when, it, when he was evangelized. And I think so many people today, right now, need to be evangelized. And this is a great opportunity now that Roe versus Wade's, you know, knocked down and people are wondering, they're going, they need leadership. The Catholic Church is there to show people the meaning and purpose of life. Terry, here's, a, here's the last thing I'll, I'll, sure. I'll mention. Now, Roe versus Wade, what happened is, is they basically said that this is not a federal issue. It has nothing to do with the Supreme Court. It's not within our purview. So they... They kicked it back down to the states, so it's going to be a states by states. Exactly, twenty of them. Yep, Say that no. people are going to and have to. Yep. So it's it's based. People have to get involved in their states. Well, well let's you got to you got involved in elect the right people if yeah. you want to knock it down in your state. And let's be honest, I live in the state of California. Our governor said, "Bring them over, come on over." You you have the thirty, your twenty states that won't do abortions. We'll kill your children, and we'll pay and we'll pay for it. That's how wicked. See, Jesse, you've said it over the years. Sin makes you stupid. Yeah. I know people go, don't call anybody stupid on the air. Yeah. You know what, Jesse? I'll say it again. They're stupid because they've been living sinful lives. It's easy to make decisions to kill unborn babies because they're living a life that debauchery. Well, let's, you know, let's do that. What will they stop at? I don't know. They're listening. By the way, I, w- I want to give credit to Roberts because yeah. Roberts uh, sided with the conservatives. Oh, I, got, I was so happy to see that. Yeah, yep. I wasn't sure about him, but you never he, know. Uh, he did the right thing. He did. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We're going to talk now about the National Catholic Distorter. I mean, reporter, but it is a distorter newspaper. We need to be aware of that. We'll be back. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jess, this is off the news. I got it from LifeSite and also from uh, another source, so I, it's, it's collaborated. Uh, Justice Thomas says courts should reconsider ruling on contraception and same-sex marriage. Whoa. Whoa, Jess, your thoughts on that? Because this is, this is going, wow, we could, if this could be turned around, wow. This is huge. I, I, I think that's a losing issue for us, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, on the contraception, yeah. because the vast majority of Americans are Protestants. I think you know, something like yeah. three out of four. Sure. They're okay with it. So we're not going to get the Protestant vote with this. Even the, So the Protestant justices are going to say, what are you talking about? That's none of your business. Yeah. Uh, now, if this is a Catholic country like Hungary or Poland, I would say, yep, we can we can overrule of contraception. This is a Protestant country and a secular country. There's we're not. So that's my take on that. Now, on the same sex marriage, we have a chance to strike that down. I'll tell you why. Same argument that they used for Roe versus Wade. There's nothing in the Constitution exactly. that gives the courts the right. Well, to fair. tell people who to marry, how to marry, what to marry. And so the, the, they can use the same arguments and say this issue on who you want to marry, the same sex, that goes back to the state. Let every state deal with this on a state-by-state basis. So I do see I do see a window of opportunity to strike down same-sex marriage. I don't see a window of opportunity for contraception. And again, the reason is, here it is. Three out of four Americans are Protestant, yep, and they're completely okay with this in their churches. Yeah. And then the one-fourth of Americans that are Catholic, most of them contracept as that's well. Right. And so that I'm just, I don't want to be no, negative, but I'm being a, realistic. That's a loser. I agree. We're not, we're not 100% that. with you on those, that observation, Jess. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this National Catholic Reporter. I call it the National Catholic Distorter. And uh, Jess, go ahead and hit it because... Uh, people need to know they should. This is yeah. uh, this is what you should be lining your birdcage with. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. The uh, the left leaning National Catholic Reporter Terry calls it distorted for twenty years, thirty years. Yep. Which presents itself as a Catholic news source, but has been repeatedly ordered by its local bishop to cease calling itself Catholic. Of course, they disobey. Has not published a single story on the attacks against pregnancy resource centers since they began in early May. 
And instead, the National Catholic Reporter has instead criticized another Catholic network for covering the attacks. Since the leaked draft Supreme Court decision was published on May 2nd, Catholic Vote has tracked 28 acts of terrorism and vandalism against pregnancy resource centers and other pro-life groups across the country. Many of the pregnancy centers have been spray-painted with pro-abortion graffiti, and a few have been set on fire. Yep. On Friday, the FBI confirmed they're now investigating the growing number of attacks on pregnancy resource centers and faith-based organizations nationwide. The reporter, shockingly, has not run a single story about the attacks on the pregnancy centers. The only reference on their website comes in a piece criticizing EWTN for not giving enough attention to the January 6th committee hearings. So again, the reporter, all they care about is Trump, 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 January 6th. They could care less about abortion uh, pregnancy centers going up in flames by oh, these yeah. pro-aborts. Yeah. The article lambasts the faithful Catholic television network EWTN for making the attacks on pregnancy centers and churches its top story rather than the congressional hearings. The waters were, the, the waters were being muddied this was gaslighting, the article says, of EWTN coverage. So again, the National Catholic Reporter, they just have a long history of attacking good organizations like EWTN, like Catholic Vote. The article continues saying, Catholic churches have also fallen victim to acts of terrorism and vandalism, a trend which dates back to the civil unrest of the summer of 2020 and has picked up since the leak. Several churches have also been spray-painted with pro-abortion graffiti in recent weeks, and pro-abortion activists have interrupted masses in cities like L.A. and Detroit. There have been nearly, get this, 150 attacks on Catholic churches since 2020, with dozens occurring in the last six weeks. Why, was a suppo- why has a supposedly Catholic publication like Catholic National Reporter, completely ignore the unprecedented violence against pregnancy centers? This is a question we're asking, and so is Brian Birch from the from yeah, Catholic Vote. It's an easy answer, though. So would the National Catholic Reporter be silent about acts of vandalism against BLM or attacks of firebombings against homosexual or pro-abortion activist organizations? I think we know the answer. Of course we know. These guys have been doing this for 50 years. Just to get the history on it, they actually have been very much undermining the Catholic faith teachings for their whole existence. And so that's why the bishops, even back in the 60s, said, take the name Catholic out of your paper, out of your newspaper, because you're not Catholic. And they said, go pound sand. And they still use it. You know why, Terry? I, I bet you, again, like we always say, follow the money. Yeah. I bet you these guys are funded by fat cat leftist Democrat exactly. millionaires and billionaires to attack the Catholic Church. Yeah, that's exa- this is exactly why they look at the, the bishops it's, and they just give them the birdie. It's enough to stay stay away from that National Catholic Reporter. It's 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 not a Catholic newspaper, and they only support things uh, that are liberal and undermining the church teachings. Jess, we want to have some time on this next topic, unless you want to finish up on the national. Anything else on that? Yeah, the, the last thing I'll say about yeah, the, this topic is yeah. if you want to know just from just from uh, a 30,000 bird's eye view, if you want to know which is the true church started by Jesus Christ, I don't have to give you any biblical apologetics. I don't have to get, read you any uh, books on history or encyclopedias. Just look at what church is being attacked and firebombed? Are they attacking Muslim mosques yeah. after the uh, Roe versus Wade decision? Are they attacking Jewish synagogues? Are they attacking Pro- or Calvary Chapel? Are they attacking Victory Outreach? No. The devil knows who the true church is because remember, abortion is the sacrament of the left. And who is the devil sending his lapdogs to attack? The Roman Catholic Church. Well said, Jesse. I'm I'm done. Well said. Hey, this article that Jess got, Practical Remedies for Sadness. Jesse, this is really good. I think it's one. I'm going to hang on to this in my good-to-know file because it's so good. You know, 
Well, Jess, you you found it. Let's go ahead and let's talk about it. Hit it because I, I think you've got some things to say about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's written by a priest, Father Narciso. Jesuit. Irala, yeah. What 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 are the good Jesuits? Believing Jesuit, I call it. Yeah. He, the article's called Practical Remedies for Sadness. Yeah. He says the first remedy is to take the ideas which cause sadness in us and then make them concrete, exactly. analyze them, correct, and control them. These may be the ideas of, number one, failure or mistake. Number two, inability or sickness. Number three, death of a loved one. Number four, sorrow or trouble in general. So let's look at number one. Failure in a career or business enterprise, or even being called upon to speak in public when unprepared, produces sadness when we think, I have wasted my time. I look like a fool or I lost my head. In such instances, happiness depends upon whether we're able to oppose this thought with a balancing truth such as, I lost a dollar but gained a million. This will always be a consoling truth if we act with a good intention. Whenever we're friends of God through grace and act with good will, our Heavenly Father writes for us a heavenly check for eternal glory and satisfaction. We have then gained a million, though we may have lost certain creatures, things of little value, insignificant grains of sand compared with the infinite. Can such a situation be a sad one? Absolutely not. A mistake can be purely subjective when, for instance, we expect more than what is reasonable. But there's a means of ensuring joy. When we do favors for others, we should not look for human gratitude. Amen. For a human return is, uh, is very often lacking, yep. especially as regards work done for the common good. Let us act instead in order to please God, who receives as done for him what we do for our neighbor and who promises to pay us back with an eternal kingdom. Wow. Jesse, awesome material. This judge, he says, the inability and sickness saddens us with the idea that we are burdensome of others. I've heard that elderly people say that. Mm -hmm. Do not produce anything, merely suffer. No, the aged and infirm feel more strongly about this to the extent that their youth were, was active. If only they could understand, are ready? Ready for this, folks? Only if they can understand that for eternal results, patience and prayer are more effective than all, all are merely human initiatives and activities. And this is the part that I really wanted to share that and blew me away. It's great. He said, I explained this to some old people in a nursing home. I was just in a nursing home yesterday. They're, they're great people. And asked them to be missionaries through patience. This is what inspired mm. me, Jess. Afterward, the nursing sisters could not get over their astonishment at seeing the vitality which they thought, which would say brought, were brought to them. The same thing happened with a 12-year-old boy. Put your seatbelt on, folks. This is a great story. 12-year-old boy who's been in the hospital for three months. I asked him if he would like to be a missionary and save souls. The little boy says, but father, I can't even sit up in bed. I can hardly move. Exactly. If you offer your sufferings for souls, you can save them better than I. You see, Jesus preached and performed many miracles, but only a few people were converted. When he suffered and died, though, he redeemed the whole world. And here's those the, last two sentences yeah. are the most powerful. Well, let, repeat them because, the, yeah, let me just say it one more yeah. time. He's, hey, when we come back, you've got to hear the rest wow. of this story. This is such a, a teaser wow. at, for what a 12 year old boy can do for holy mother the church i embraced it and i hope you will you're listening to the terry and jesse show when we come back we're going to finish a story of what we call redemptive suffering and how it saves souls here on the virgin most powerful radio the terry and jesse show but you won't want to miss it stay with us folks welcome back to the terry and jesse show to join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Jesse, bring it back, brother. This is a powerful story. Hit it. Yeah, Terry, this uh, story was written by, like you said, a believing Jesuit. Yeah. And that, that, that's a good way of putting it. And it's called, it's, it's practical advice on sadness. Yeah. Uh, we've all been there. We're all going to be there. Yeah. 
And 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 he, let me read that section again that Terry just yes. just read. Okay, he says, "I explained this to some old people in a nursing home, yeah, and asked them to be missionaries through patience. Afterward, the nursing sisters could not get over the could not get over their astonishment at seeing the vitality, which was which which this thought brought them. These old people in the nursing home. The same thing happened with a twelve year old boy who had been in the hospital for three months." I asked him if he'd like to be a missionary and save souls. But Father, I can't even sit up in bed. I can hardly move. <laughs> exactly. If you offer your sufferings for souls, you can save them better than I. You see, Jesus Christ preached and performed many miracles, but only a few people were converted. When he suffered and died, though, he redeemed the whole world. Amen. Hearing this, the youngster began to cry. Why are you crying? Because I've lost a year of suffering. Wow. Why didn't somebody tell me this a year ago? <laughs> From then on, he cried no more. Instead, the more he suffered, the happier he became, for he was helping save more souls. Yes, you just stop for a minute. This story is so beautiful. It got me to go visit some rest homes to share this message with them because these people many times are sitting waiting for death to come. Yeah. And they have no idea about what the value they can do by offering their suffering. This little boy... Because it's only a Catholic teaching. They've never heard it before. Exactly. But this little boy cried not because he was in pain for his ailment. No. He cried because he said, I wasted a whole year. Nobody ever told me this. This is and like... Continue. A, yeah. Yeah. Great. Keep Continue, Jess. Go ahead. Yeah. So point number three of the article, Father says... Yeah. He says... Death itself cannot take joy away from a Christian family. Amen. If the death of a loved one makes us sad, this is usually because we look at him and imagine, like the pagans, that at the de that at death he has lost everything. Or because we look at ourselves and think that we have lost him. This phrase is often used erroneously. But if we activate our faith and convince ourselves of the happiness of those who die in the Lord and the help which, with him, they can bring us, then we feel consolation and joy. Yeah, this, this, is, this is an important point, Terry. Oh, huge. The, the pagans have no hope. That's right. They're done. Uh, so, so their tears are tears of, of, of hopelessness. Yep. The Christians' tears are tears of, 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 just, of, of a temporary separation, knowing that we're going to join each other once again. And you know, Jesse, that's the early Christians' message. In the first 300 years, let's just be honest— the conversions took place because of their supernatural outlook on life. Yeah, you're right. Terry, you know, something else interesting is that our Lord Jesus Christ didn't speak Spanish or English. He spoke Aramaic. <laughs> That's and the word for death yeah. in, in Aramaic is the word is mut, M-U-H-T. So when our Lord said about Lazarus, you know, Lazarus He's is dead. no longer here. Yeah, Lazarus is moot. What that means in Aramaic is he is no longer here. He has gone somewhere else. Wow. That's what it means in Aramaic. Beautiful. In English, we say somebody's dead. We think vanish, cease to exist, completely gone forever, evaporated. No, death in Aramaic means it's different from in English. Death in Aramaic means the person is no longer here he is elsewhere yep so i just, I just thought that i think well, that's a, a, thing, a good thing for us as catholics a, to keep a, in mind. excellent point jess and she points it out death itself cannot take joy away from a christian family yeah. if the death of a loved one makes us sad this is usually because we look at him and imagine like the pagans that at death he has lost everything your point or because we look at ourselves and think, we lost him. I do this all the time at the chapel with all the funerals we do. Oh, yeah. This phrase is so often used erroneously. But if we activate our faith and convince ourselves of the happiness of those who die in the Lord and help which with him they can bring us, then we can feel consolation and joy. Next point, Jess. Yeah, here, I'll just get personally here. Sure. My brothers asked me one day, yeah. I got three brothers and a sister, and we we're sitting around, they, they asked me one day, how come we've never seen you cry over the death of de dad and mom? Yeah. My dad, I think, I think one's been dead for 10 years, the other one's been dead for eight years. Yeah. 
and and they because they, they they all they all wailed and cried and even at the funeral. I was there at the funeral and, I remember and, and I didn't and they they've asked me yeah. and I said to them the reason I've never and I, I admitted to them not even in my in my bedroom in quiet and in my house have I the reason I've never cried for mom or dad because I knew the radical Christianity that they led and I know they're in a better place. Amen. So my brothers, they heard me, and it helped all of them. They're like, wow, I never thought about that. I said, yeah, guys, mom and dad, if they would be given an option to come back to planet Earth and, and go back into an 80-year-old body that's breaking down, living in a culture of death, <laughs> mom and dad would say, and heck no. I don't any. want it. And, and so that's what I told them. That's why I've never cried for them. Yeah. Because I know, like Jesus says, moot, that they're in a better place because I know they died in the state of sanctifying grace. Let me continue with continue. this Continue. I want to get through this. This is great material coming up. A present difficulty or trouble will, will not make us sad if yeah. instead of looking at its unpleasant side, we see it in the light of faith. Amen. Suffering should be an imitation of God who took suffering upon himself in this life. Our pain is a completion of what is lacking. As St. Paul says in the sufferings of Christ, mm. it makes the application of the merits of his passion more effective. More souls can be saved as a result of our sufferings if they are united with those of Christ. Wow. Trouble, you know, and this is something you always say, yep. trouble is a check drawn upon the bank of heaven. Yep. If we understand God's own language, we should read it, read it, read in it this idea. Infinite justice and goodness promise to pay back in heaven a superhuman and endless glory and satisfaction to the Christian who, while in the state of grace, willingly accepts a light and passing suffering. Uh, uh, and passing suffering, The divine signature is put on this check only when we accept the suffering. Day by day, to pile up such checks for eternity is a source of happiness, and it's a great fortune to suffer only lightly and for an instance as the price of gaining infinite joy forever. We must know how to value suffering and how to handle the thorns of life. If we tread on them, they torment us in our conscience. They kill us in our hearts. They stir up life. They, 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 under our feet, they prevent our walking. In our conscience, they block true life. In, in our heart, they let us fly. This power they have from the heart of Christ. The second remedy is to foam in thoughts of joy. We should always have optimistic thoughts, happy memories, and a clear acknowledgement of God's benefits in that treasure house of creature, the creation, human nature, we should also increase our knowledge and cheerfully think about the inexhaustible treasures offered us in the world of color, form, Amen. and sound. Artists usually catch a, a, a vision of all this and know how to appreciate it. Our eyes are marvelously perfect cameras. <laughs> Automatically, they focus upon, capture, and project into our brain living scenes in full color and three dimensions. Our sense of hearing is like a marvelous internal musical instrument which faithfully reproduces thousands of different notes and melodies. Our hands, arms, and legs are like cranes, which can execute an infinite variety of complicated movements. In brief, our whole organism is a marvelous treasure created for us by God. This is especially true of our memory. A library, which classifies in order thousands of useful experiences, our understanding, which continually discovers more and more reality, and will be able to understand infinite reality and our will by which we are capable of union with uncreated goodness. Finally, recognize too the many goods we have in the family, state, and church, and all the supernatural means we have of getting to heaven. This is a happy thought. Yep. Because of the certitude we have from faith and reason that God exists and is our Father, and that He is with us, watches over us, and governs all our circumstances for our own benefit. This is, moreover, a calming and peaceful thought. For hope in the divine promises gives us a foretaste of heaven. There is, in addition, a thrill of joy and satisfaction in the thought that we are objects of God's love and can ourselves sincerely love Him. Well said, Jesse. An attitude of gratitude is welcome just about everywhere. And you know, Jess, that's why you and I can say this, and I hope our listeners pick up on this. We're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed, and if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Because what is our faith and hope in? Jesus Christ. It's not the government. That you know, no, it's Jesus. And this article, I would encourage you to read over and over, especially when things you you know seem to be going down in your life, because this is what should pick you up: our faith in Jesus Christ. Terry, I'll tell you. Um, yeah, I haven't cried for my parents. Yeah, because. I know the type of faith they lived, and I, and I know the promises of Christ. Amen. 
But and, and you know, when I was a kid, I used to cry when I used to watch Frankenstein and Werewolf and yeah. Vampires. I don't cry about that no more, Terry. The only thing, the only thing that will make me cry yeah. is when I think about Jesus Christ for a long time. Yeah, suffering. I, ca I cannot. And you should think of and meditate upon the person of Christ, Amen. everything about him, Terry, yeah. without tears coming from my eyes. And I think it happened, I think, last week on the show. Oh, yeah. Last week on this day. It just, I, I just opened my heart to the audience about what I believe about Jesus. That's the only thing, Terry, that can cause the waterworks in Jesse Romero. Nothing else. Yeah. Nothing else. Death of family members. Death yeah. of friends. Uh, monsters, vampires, uh, you know, the COVID, nothing. Uh, but thinking about the one I love does bring tears to me. Well said. Jesse, uh, thank you for that. And also, we have uh, the Barber with the Barbers coming in right now. Barbers, a Bible with the Barbers, I should say. Mary Danielle, if she's in studio A, I want her to talk a little bit, if she can, about what you're going to be bringing up with me. Let's see if Mary's in. Mr. Engineer, can you pull her up? Okay, we can't. Jess, I want to just say that today should go down in the history of our country as a great day for uh, justice for the unborn. Really, it should go because this is a step that's going to make at least 20 states in our country outlaw the killing of unborn babies. And now, again, states like California, New York, yeah, they're going to be able to continue, but we're not going to give up. We're going to keep fighting no. because we see that, as they said, Roe versus Wade in the decision was a bad decision just based on legal terms. It took it away from the people. Jess, your final thoughts. My final thoughts is trying to find a time to go to church today and thank God for what happened today in our country. If you can't, if you're homebound, pick up your rosary, do a rosary of thanksgiving. But if you have all your faculties, try to go to an afternoon or evening mass and thank God for the great gift that he gave America today. Okay. And remember that story of the little 12-year-old boy. Remember our lady said it. Souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Please, this is Friday. Let's make some sacrifices for the salvation of souls. Up next, Bible with the Barbers here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Jess, what state should we be living in, brother? Nothing's changed, Terry. State of grace. Amen. Never live in the state of mortal sin. Become holy or die trying. What else is there? God bless you.